Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the DevOps Diaries podcast. I am Jack McCurdy, your host at Gearset. And today I am joined by Tracy Green, pronouns Tracy and Day. Tracy is an independent consultant for Green Powered and has 20 years experience software engineering. Tracy, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me, Jack. I'm very, very excited to be here. You are very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences with us today. It's been a while since we saw each other. I must say I'm excited to see you again in uh, in a few weeks time or well, what, what must now be a month's time or so at, at TDX. Um, you're heading yeah, out there, aren't you? The countdown. I am. I'm actually speaking on test anxiety. So I'm pretty excited to, to have that opportunity. I know a lot of people, you know, put in their their uh, their presentations. So I feel really honored to be to be a lucky person who gets to share that with the community. Absolutely, and having watched talks of yours before, I know how engaging and fantastic they are. And you, you know, you should turn up for Tracy's outfits alone. To be perfectly honest with you, you're always impeccably dressed, <laughs> which I love. Um, so, the, Trace... pres- the pressure's on. The pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> best best croc game in the whole of the Salesforce ecosystem, I would say. <laughs> Um, Tracy, you have a ton of experience as a software engineer, um, 20 years in the ecosystem, um, but you've only been in Salesforce for for three. Um, Tell us a little bit about that and tell the listeners a bit about your background. Sure. Well, I'm a software engineer. You know, I went to have a computer science background and the difference between a Computer science and software engineering is computer science is all about algorithms and programming and software engineering is about design and problem, you know, problem solving and, you know, management. And so when I, I, I got a, when I graduated college, I started, you know, I had some really cool jobs. I worked at NASA twice. I worked in robotics, but really programming eight hours a day did not spark my joy. Like I, I'm a collaborative person. If you, anyone knows me, I'm a people person and like right being at my computer all day just didn't spark my joy. So I just started getting a little discouraged. And so I decided I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. And so I actually love teaching and I love kids. So I, I took a little break and started teaching kids how to program, which was really cool. I did that online and also in person. And again, at the end of the day, it just wasn't sparking my joy. And I have a lot of technology. I think technology for me really comes easily. I think it's just an affinity I have. And so I decided just to put my net out wide and decide I had no idea, zero idea what I want to do next. I started applying for jobs and I saw a job that said it was implementation specialist for Salesforce. You needed no experience. I'm like, hey, that's great. I took a phone interview. Uh, after the phone interview, I got moved on to the next round. So I took a few troll heads just to make sure, right? I heard the word Salesforce and I was very honest. I didn't like, I was very I'm like, hey, I know Salesforce, the word, and that's it. And so after taking a few, a few trailheads, it interests me. So I actually got the position in, as a junior admin. I was a junior admin, and they, they hired four of us, and they said, uh, you don't need to know anything. We're going to train you for 30 days. We got you. Day one, four of us start. Trailheads, I think trailheads is an amazing opportunity, and anyone can learn Salesforce. For me, that's really easy. The next morning, the boss walks in and said, who wants to help me? I'm not going to lie. I'm ambitious. I jumped up. I said, I'll help you. He asked me how to, uh, if I can research how to integrate Adobe Sign into Salesforce. And I was like, okay. So I asked people around the office. No one had any idea. So I just Googled it, found the manual, wrote up the steps, went to him at lunchtime and said, here, here's how someone can do it. He looked at it. He's like, great. Now go do it. So no lie, Uh-oh. day one and a half, I integrated Adobe Sign into Salesforce. And that's, that's how I, you know, took off. And from there, 
what I really learned was, you know, Salesforce is very accessible. If you want it, you can like learn it, right? So I really just hopped in there and I found the ecosystem where I wasn't alone. And I think that's really having that, being fearless with the technology has really been how I, I've moved so quickly through through the ecosystem, but it's also, I didn't do it alone, right? I reached out to people, I took classes, and it's really the community that has helped me learn so much. And for me, knowledge is nothing if I can't share it, and the ecosystem is so set up for that. Things like this, like coming on here and actually just sharing our experience, strength, and hope is what we actually do. Yeah, absolutely, and that's testament to you giving back at things like Trailhead and or Trailblazer DXs, as, uh, as we call it now. Um, and doing those sessions. Um, first, first questions first, after all of that, NASA? What was working at NASA like? Yeah, twice, actually. <laughs> you know, it's so fascinating. So when I went to, when I, you know, went back for my degree, I actually went back to school when I was 30. So uh, I was like, NASA, that's all I'm gonna do. And I was very fortunate that I got my first internship. I will tell you this, um, it's very exciting, but it was very, isolating or scientists are very silent people they don't want to talk we actually had there was a mandatory bagel day where on tuesdays you was mandatory to eat your bagel in the common area because people wouldn't talk like you literally people wow. would just sit there and do their work so uh the work was exciting i got to work on the Spitzer space telescope which is very exciting work but the people were just like i'm gonna say it like scientists are just not people people i guess it's, i'm not gonna say they're boring because that's probably you know i don't want to like you know start talking about but for me it was really hard where i couldn't connect with people the work was exciting but the, i'm a people person so it wasn't fulfilling for me as far as you know my interactions with other people absolutely absolutely 100 like knowing knowing you and having been in in the community with you you're very much a much a people person when it comes to those things and uh I can I can see the 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 personality misalignment a little bit there for for sure and yeah I think if we come back to you were mentioning about community and sharing knowledge and everybody being in it together and having the opportunity to do that and engage with with people in that way what would you say is been the biggest or most kind of profound impact of that in the community so far from your experience here yeah i will tell you for me i know at my first job i was you know you know i didn't know salesforce but i obviously have project management background and a software engineering background and i kept on hitting these walls where it just didn't feel like things were happening the way i wanted to happen right so i felt very like this doesn't make sense and so going out and finding other people, like-minded people. And I was like, oh wait, my instincts are right. And so I really got to learn how, how, how it works. And again, it's about community and I'm a community person. And it was just knowing that there's people out there that I don't have to be alone and we're in it together. I can't tell you how many times I just get text messages or calls from random people asking, let's say just for a formula, like, hey, can you help me with this formula or a flow? I'm really a flow natic. And it's really the fact that I can reach out to anybody. I know when um, I first started, I, I took a, a course. And one thing they said is find someone in the community that you admire and that you want to do the role and then ask them for virtual coffee. So I found I found someone, uh, Reba Del, Del Plaza, I believe, I hope I said her name right. We all know her. <laughs> um, I asked her for virtual coffee and I said, you know what I want to do? I, you know, I want to do what you want to do. And she said, get your pen out. Here's what you do. And she gave me a roadmap 
of exactly everything I needed to do. And it took me almost two years to do it, and I, I, it was very exciting. I saw her at um, at Midwest Streaming right when I got my first client as independent as an independent consultant, and she was the first person I saw, and she's who gave me the roadmap to do it, and I got to walk out into a room and tell her I got my first client. And Amazing. the joy on her face and the hug that she gave me is what the community is all about, right? Because I'm not taking away work from her. She's not taking away from her, but there's so much work and love in this community that is enough for everybody, and that's what it is. I don't know about you, but that's not been my experience prior to Salesforce, people are all about, what can I get for me? I can't tell you my trade secrets because you're gonna take work from me. And there's so much work in Salesforce community that there's, we don't have to be that way. And we lift each other up. And that's the biggest, the biggest takeaway is lifting each other up. Like I can't begin to tell you like how that makes me feel. Listeners, you heard it here. That is the, the one takeaway from, from today. We're 10 minutes or so into this recording lift each other up lift lift each other up now speaking of lifting each other up there's a topic that i wanted to discuss with you um today which isn't so much about lifting each other up but looking after ourselves which does often require relying on other people too and giving people support and that's looking after your mental health in whatever area of the ecosystem you're in, whether you're a consultant independently, consult or a consultant at a big partner, end user, whatever it might be. So Tracy, what are some of, from your experience, and um, this is something that you and I have talked about quite a bit already, uh, events and other things. Tell us a little bit about from your experience, how how we can start to look to do that and some of the scenarios we might find ourselves in? Yes, I'd say first of all, having the conversation because uh, again, it goes back to me being at my first company thinking it was only me. And I will tell you, I've experienced burnout. I've worked at big partners and the reason why I'm going independent is because of that burnout. Because there is this, there is this culture that we're expected to just grind right as hard as we can for someone else without any any uh regard to what what's happened to us like i will say my experience is if i'm being treated like a resource and all they care about is my utilization that knows that my whole self is not being taken care of and if i'm not being taken care of as a human being then how can i give back right you just get really empty fast and if we're not talking about it i will tell you i've i've heard some uh more Oh, junior's not the right word. People that are like newer to the ecosystem, and they're like, "Oh, I'm working 65 hours a week every week at this partnership because I'm expected." And I was like, "Wearing it like a crown, that's not maybe?" Right? Like, not no, not a crown. Opposite. They feel if they didn't, they won't have a job. So there's two parts wow. to it, right? They have the people who wear it like a crown, who's that that, that rising grind culture, which I think is just you know insane. You can like right. It's about working smarter not harder and a lot of times in this partnerships or even internal maybe is the, the the warm bodies right we have to have a warm body in the seat and if you're not working 65 hours then you're not your worth is tied up in it and i know for for me that's been my experience where i have tied up my worth to my productivity and now i'm realizing like i'm, I'm unraveling that and i'll be you know i'll be really honest i i have some you know uh some background with this and I've been working really hard in therapy. And when I unraveled that is like, 
no, my worth is my worth. That has nothing. If I work 40 hours a week, which I'm allowed to, right? That is what I signed up for. For being shamed for not working that, that's when the burnout happens. And that's when we, we take it. If we don't talk about it, if I think I'm the only one who's feeling shameful for only want to work 40 hours, which at some point, even 40 hours is, is ridiculous that like at someone, you know, society decided somewhere that we have to work 40 hours, which I, I can get my work done in 32 hours and, you know, plenty and it's not about right it's not it's not about being lazy or not want to work i put my all if anyone knows me i'm a hard worker but my mental health has to come first and if i'm at a job where it's completely being drained simply to build hours that's where the burnout happens and that's where the loneliness happens if i think i'm the only one happening to me then i'm going to internalize that and that's where it gets worse and worse and worse and it's hard to get out of the hole so the first thing we need to do yes it's about taking care of me but if i don't talk about it like we're having this conversation then how would other people know that it's okay to talk about yeah you're it's still right it's still i think we're getting better as a society and as an ecosystem talking talking about it in the first place there were there have been some fantastic. There were some fantastic talks at, at Dreamforce last year on the topic. There are, I'm including your talk that's coming up at TDX this year. There are a whole host of talks that are around looking after yourself and advocating for yourself, for example, and managing anxiety and things like that. And talking about it can be. A really powerful tool we're not alone you know um those 65 70 hour weeks are something that we hear all too much about you know working for a devops vendor one of the common stories that that we hear end user consultant or otherwise is getting to deployment time and we're talking 2 a.m 3 a.m 4 a.m 5 a.m you know and that's might be okay once in a while but it's not once in a while is it that's a thing, and that and that's why I tell people all the time, right? There are certain times where you have to put the extra hours in because they're whatever the reason is, right? Like, right, if if we're like launching, like, right, we're launching the rocket to, to Mars, right? Let's say, like, right, to talk about it. like, obviously, I know I have to come in on a weekend and put in extra hours. And same thing with DevOps, right? There are those times, but it shouldn't be the norm because if we we do this, like, right, these death marches when do you have a time to not like to rest and digest they call it right and that's what you kind of get that anxiety kind of comes down but like let's talk devops right it's like if i'm like rushing we're like oh we have to go live and you have to be up at three o'clock in the morning i don't know about you but i'm probably not my freshest at three o'clock in the morning after i've already worked 65 hours so it's not like hey come in at three o'clock in the morning and start your day it's more like work your 70 hours and then show up at three o'clock in the morning and push this and make sure everything is right the first time. That's unrealistic. We keep up, we keep on getting set up to fail. And if we don't push back on it, and it's, it's hard, it's not an easy thing. This is not absolutely is a hard thing to do and even talk about it because it, it goes back to like, oh, am I gonna look like I'm weak or I don't wanna work or there's something wrong with me that I don't wanna be at three o'clock in the morning pushing this to development. And it shouldn't be, right? It should be the opposite. There should, we shouldn't be asked to do that. And I think that we need to have that conversation. We need to be taken care of. And I feel like that's the issue. I feel like we're just not being taken care of. So how do you approach management or the folks above you that are responsible for your workload and say, 
hey, I've got got an issue here. You know, I'm only able to bring, you know, 20% of myself to work at the moment. And that's that's not fulfilling because of X, Y, Z, other reasons. So, like, what's your advice to people in starting that conversation, especially with leadership or management? Yeah, again, I'm going to say this. It's this is going to be sound like it's definitely easier said than done. I've done it. It's I've recently had to do it. It's super, super difficult, but it's the most freeing thing I've done because if I don't bring it up to management, if I don't, I had the situation where um, I was allocated for 52 hours for uh, four weeks, right? And I'm like, oh, that has to be a mistake. It has to be, right? Someone just, just you know, you have four project managers putting time on my thing. So I went to my manager. I'm very transparent. I always tell my managers, like, listen, I, I'm going to tell you things that are happening before they happen. Cause I know if I wait to the last minute, I'm going to blow up and I have to take care of myself. So I, I went to my manager and my manager looked at it and my manager said, Oh, well, can't you just power through? Wow. And I paused and I, I paused for a moment. And I was like, no, I cannot. Right. And I'm not sure why you're asking me to. And then, you know, we, we went from there and things just kind of escalated from there. And I realized at that moment, that I was expecting, and they, they kind of say, oh, well, it ebbs and flows, it ebbs and flows. Sure, sometimes, that's fine, but, but my allocation should never, ever go above 40 hours. Unless we talk about, like, right, we have special cases where we have go lives, but that should not be a, a norm for me. That should be an exception. And so I really had to push back, and it was really uncomfortable. I really felt really uncomfortable, but I knew if I didn't advocate for myself that they would just keep adding more and more. If I said yes at 52 hours, next week it was going to be 60 hours and then 65 and i talked to other people and it was very average like people were just doing it because people didn't know there's another way right if you think there's only way and if you're afraid that you're going to lose your job of course you're going to keep working and i think that with my experience i have a special you know i know i have something special that i'm able to speak up for myself right i know not everyone has that and i don't know where that comes from probably comes from a lot of bad experience i've had where i'm just like I no longer can, you know, tolerate things. And I think that's where it's the toleration part. And it was very interesting kind of talking about that. And I'll get really honest here as I was talking to a, a, a recruiter in our industry who I know personally, and we went through my list, you know, on LinkedIn. And, you know, I was kind of talking about my next move. And he gave me the hard truth. He's like, look, look at your, your job experience. He's like, you have like 10 years, seven years, and starts getting shorter and shorter and shorter when I got into Salesforce. Like my first, you know, was a year and a half and I have shorter stints. And we kind of looked at it, he's like, what happened? And I was like, okay, you know, I my tolerance for, for being treated poorly has reduced. And that's where it is, as it should. And so I no longer will tolerate pushing through if I choose to push through, that's one thing, but to, to be expected to push through is where the burnout happens. And that's where it goes back to my worth being tied up in my productivity. Now, I'm a hard worker and I'm not afraid of work, but to be me feel shameful that I only want to work four hours a week is where, where the problem is. And if I, if I don't talk about that, if no one else hears about that, there's someone at home is like, that happens to me too. And I thought it was just me. So we have to start having these conversations because it is an epidemic in the ecosystem. I mean, we have to call it out when it is. Like, this happens at partners all the time. Um, uh, probably internal teams. I'm not sure internals. I haven't heard too much of it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I definitely know at partnerships is just this 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 grind of we have to we're just billable entities, and I just think that we're human beings, and you know we have to we have to treat ourselves that way, and it, and it comes from self love, 
and I have to take care of myself. And if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of you. And we need to take care of each other. Yeah, it's, you mentioned something there when you were talking about having foresight of it becoming an issue. You know, by the time you realize it's an issue, you're almost too late. You know, that's something that I've experienced with yes. my own mental health and um, left certain certain situations way too way too long, you know, and it, it became an issue without, you know, addressing about it and without talking about it. So uh, talking talking about it we've already already accepted the fact that that's hard and it's going to be a difficult conversation and kind of scary to open up open up about where where do you recommend people start like like where do you where do you think is the best place where people can look to say or how do they analyze their situation go there might be people listening and thinking, oh, wow, I need to talk about this. I need to, I'm listening to this, Tracy's spitting facts and I need to, I need to do some of this myself. What's your advice to those people that are listening and thinking those things and need a bit of advice and a bit of a steer about where to go and who to talk to and how to broach yeah. that topic? That's a great question. I think for me, first of all, is getting really honest with myself and uh, I, I do a lot of journaling where I do a lot of reflecting and I kind of look at, at like for me, I want to do things differently. So I'd have to, do, I want things to be different. So I do things differently. So for me, it's just more of an internal uh, reflection on wh what is it for me? And I, and I'm a name entertainment kind of person. So if I'm in a situation, I'm like, what is happening? Oh, I feel being taken advantage of or not, whatever it is. So I try to put uh, names to what I'm feeling because like our emotions are, I know my emotions get really big. And so that's why I have to, to handle it beforehand. So the minute something starts bubbling up, I have to say, Hey, what's happening? Because I want to make sure that I'm handling it in a way that's appropriate for myself and other people. So my recommendation is first to do some really deep reflection. And if you, you know, uh, anyone can please reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter, and I'd love to work with you and help you just, you know, give you some advice on that but really not doing it alone, having a support system like this ecosystem, talking to someone else before you do anything about it, and then making a plan and saying, you know, really talking about what your, um, what your must haves, right? We all have must haves. Like what is my, like, for me, like I have to feel taken care of at my job. I cannot have someone who just, I'm not aligned on someone's balance sheet, right? For me, that's super important. And I'm very, very honest about that. And when I start to feel that way, that's when I notice it. And so really just noticing these feelings when they come up and trying to identify them. And then also what I do is I, uh, when I go into talking about my manager or whoever, I try to articulate it. So to able to do that, they can't be the first person I have that conversation with, right? Whether I talk to myself in the mirror or another person or I write it down. Because if you just go into a meeting and you have all your emotions, they're going to go all over the place and you're going to miss a point. And then you're going to be like, Oh, Tracy's overwhelmed, which is what you hear a lot. You seem overwhelmed. You're like, yes, because it's overwhelming. So if you're able to kind of articulate, which is again, this is not easy and doesn't happen at the first time it takes practice, but the more you can articulate for yourself and stay on track of here's what I want to say. And here's what my, what my, you know, what my desired outcome. And, and, and another thing I've learned, and this is something I've learned later in life, to say, you know what, I need time to think about that and pause. I've had a manager say, well, what, what is it you need? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. Let me get back to you. And you don't have to answer. Because a lot of times there's a lot of pressure in these conversations where 
right? They want solutions. And sometimes this isn't, a, this isn't a solution conversation. This is just, let's talk and talk about where I am. And I always let people know I'm very transparent because I know where I am. And I, I almost like I have a manual how to work with me. And I know it sounds crazy, but like I know what I need <laughs> to be successful. And I need, I need to be set for success because if I'm not, I don't know about you, but the more I fail, the more I fail. And so it's like once you start failing and you feel like a failure, and that could be a million things to people, right? That just means that like I feel like I'm not getting the support I need or whatever, and it's hard to get back out. So I really need to be really every step of the way addressing that for myself and checking in with myself, right? It's a lot of self-checking. And I talk to friends all the time about it. And I personally have outside help. I have a therapist who's been the most helpful thing for me to work on that. And there's no, there's no shame in it, right? My mental health has to come first and we have to talk about it and normalize it. So for, for myself, I started seeing a therapist last year as well. And it's hands down what, one of the best things I've ever done for myself ever. Um, and the thing about it is I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I did it sooner. You know, this comes back to the point you made earlier. You, if, if you start to feel those feelings bubbling up, creeping up, address it and go, maybe I do need to talk about it. Maybe I do need to bounce some ideas off somebody that might've been in a similar boat. You, you offered very kindly for folks to reach out to you on Twitter or LinkedIn as well. If, they want to chat about it and you can absolutely do that with myself as well i'll pop links for both of us in the description of this podcast so if you're listening and do want to chat about anything please feel free to come to uh, tracy or, or myself for sure um so it's so just just do it sooner like it's a, it's, a, it's a great experience it's still a t- taboo subject so i'm really glad that we've been able to have you on tracy and talk about it so we talked about having the conversation from your own internal perspective, what would your advice be to leadership or management if an employee is coming to them and looking to discuss these things? What would you do if yeah. it was the other way around? Yes, definitely. And I have been, right? I've been a manager and I'll tell you the most uh, gratifying, like the most satisfying experiences when I have people tell me that they appreciate how open I am to it. I, I had someone come to me and they were, having, they were having a mental health problem. And I'm like, take four days off. They're like, I don't want to use my time. I said, I didn't say you use your time. I'm giving you four days off. And I think it's just right from management side, you have to understand that, that people are people. We're not billable hours. We're not resources. We're not utilization. Treat us like people and take it seriously, right? take out your own things and just kind of put yourself in that person's shoes. And there's a difference between empathy and compassion, right? Empathy is I can understand where you're coming from. So as a manager, I can understand why I have those problems, but compassion is I'm not gonna let you suffer. So I can understand what's happening, but I'm not gonna let it go on. You know, so you have to take, take it very seriously and you have to follow up. You can't just let someone come to you and say, I have this thing. And you can't just say, well, what do you want me to do about it? You have to work with them and and do the check-ins. And I think one-on-ones, every one-on-one I've ever had as a manager, I ask people for their weather report because uh, a weather report is so much easier than saying, how are you doing today? If you say, it's so hard to come in, I'm fine, right? If I say, you know what? It's cloudy with a 40% chance of rain. I know where you stand. And I also give on a scale of one to five, where's your mental health, work or otherwise, because it's really important as a manager to understand, because we have things that we bring to, we bring into work, and it could be work-related, it could be outside, 
all those things go in the same pot and I'm one person. And so you need to look at me holistically. So for management, I think they just need to take a more holistic view of us and not worry about if we're building our hours or not. Sound and sage advice for sure. And if you are a manager or a leader listening to this as well, I think from my experience in having those conversations with, with my team internally, I received very grateful to receive nothing but support from Gearset when having those conversations and was also in a similar position where they said, take the time that you need. And I was very hugely, hugely, hugely grateful for that to allow that space. I think everybody needs their space to be able to process whatever it is that they're processing and be able to come back or feel more energized. And I think having those difficult conversations as well, I've seen it in myself. If you as a leader or an organization are allowing the space for your employees to breathe like that, those employees are going to come back and they're going to work harder for you. You know, they're, they're still not going to bill you 65 hours because that's not what this is about. This is about being able to bring your best self to work and being motivated for that organization because you've been open, open to those things. Tracy, thank you. Thank you so much. Is there any last pearls of wisdom for us that you have before I let you go here? I think it's just, you know, being authentic with yourself at work is really important. And I think that, even though you might come across it in the first time you have it, you might not get the best result. Just don't give up. There is, there are places in the world that lets us be our, our true self and we just need to find them. There you have it, Tracy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in March at TDX. Um, be sure to catch Tracy's yes. session there. If you are attending anybody who uh, who is going be sure to be sure to come along uh, to tracy's session it is sure to be a good one as they always are tracy thank you so much once again thank you listeners for tuning into the podcast uh, you can catch me on another episode of devops diaries another time and tracy i will see you soon